Yo, what's going on, people? Thanks for tuning in to the Grateful Yardy Podcast. It's your boy Drew talking to things them upon the ends. You can hit me up on our Facebook page, which is Grateful Yardy Podcast on Facebook. On Instagram, that is Mr. Underscore Special. On Twitter, that's Mr. Special. You can also download the episodes on iTunes. So go to iTunes on your Apple Store, wherever you get your podcast, download. Good for your podcast. Sit in, listen. Hopefully, we educate you and entertain you at the same time. All right. So, the shakeup has happened in the universe known as the WWE. And in the shakeup, we all know guys that were on Raw go to SmackDown, and SmackDown guys go to Raw. So, Raw hit us off this week, and we saw Jinder Mahal, we saw Jeff Hardy go to SmackDown. With the U.S. title, which was blatantly obvious because they needed a secondary title on on SmackDown Live. Personally speaking, after looking at all the transactions that went down on the shakeup over the last two days, SmackDown comes out swimmingly with the amount of in-ring talent and the amount of dream match possibilities that are endlessly could happen. You got Joe could face Daniel Bryan. On SmackDown, Joe could face Cesaro. Joe could face many other people that are on SmackDown Live and actually go up and be a genuine contender to the WWE title that is held by AJ Styles. On Raw, I think Raw is going to be heavily around Roman, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. Um, Jinder Mahal, Brock Lesnar as a part-timer as he is, uh, also with Nia Jax, with um, Alexa Bliss, with Natalya coming over from SmackDown, and her involvement with um, Ronda Rousey, so a lot of things are looking on the up and up in the WWE Universe, and also the biggest story out of the Universe this week was the breakup between Nikki Bella and John Cena. There's a lot of conflicting stories coming out of this that John had cold feet with the wedding coming up in two weeks and Nikki got tired of, of compromising. Personally speaking, being somebody that watches Total Divas and Total Bellas, John Cena comes off as an a-hole with the 75-page contract to live with him and he's not sure what he wants and I think Nikki shouldn't be compromising what her beliefs are and what she wants in a relationship or a marriage and if she's looking to to the future and wanting children it's something that she has to really 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 dig into and if this person after six years is telling you that that ain't gonna happen why stick around why even get married and i think personally speaking with him proposing at last year's wrestlemania it just comes off as a farce and at the beginning of this when i heard and read the story coming out of this it was more personally i'm thinking is this a sh- work is this actually true or is this actually fake and it's actually true because if publications like tmz people magazine if it's not in the wrestling circles this is the thing when you when you actually are invested as a wrestling fan the same way it if you're invested in any other sport that you actually tune into, say the NFL network or MLB network or NHL network or any other network that are talking heavily about the particular sport you're interested in. When you start to see things sweep into 
regular media like the CNNs of the world or locally here in, in my city would be like the CTVs or the CP24s or the city TVs pick or CBC picks these things up you then take it as legitimacy but a lot of times in wrestling and I'm, I'm kind of going away from what I was talking about in the beginning but when you when you get away from that's the, that's the main problem I have from wrestling and it's not and the thing was it's the saying is kayfabe is dead and for those who don't know what kayfabe means is when you break down the fourth wall and actually tell people this is not real and i think the, what the problem is is that and going back to what went occurred over wrestlemania with the seven hours of, of wrestling that we watched it wasn't seven hours of wrestling they are legitimately producing a television show that centers around wrestling and then as a fan if you start to realize this that if you want actual professional wrestling it's not going to happen in the in the wwe what they do in the ring is is wrestling what they they are trying to tell a compelling story to lead you to get you to go to the stands and actually watch this particular product that's why a lot of the booking elements of that have occurred and i've talked about this from time to time the, the, the problem is the booking elements do not stir you like how you would watch a UFC and you know, okay, I want to see the Stipe Miocis and Daniel Cormier fight. And I'm, I, I won't even have to tune into, into the Ultimate Fighter on that, on that realm. But with wrestling, now with the network, they're not gearing towards that big fight thing. The big fight happens on their network like how in a couple weeks i think it's next week friday they're gonna be in saudi arabia for the greatest royal rumble and a lot of people are like but that tarnishes what the royal rumble actually is it doesn't because in their mind this is the greatest royal rumble because they have booked it that way and when you if you as a fan start to realize that especially with the wwe other promotions will deem it as sport and be different and like for instance if you watch ring of honor you watch new japan you watch anything over in japan that is heavily shoot wrestling based it more stems towards the sports aspect of it the importance of telling a story within the ring yes we've got you in the arena we've got you emotionally invested in these two particular wrestlers or these two particular tag teams and off the races and ring we tell you a story in the wwe they don't have to book that way so when this whole thing with nikki bella and john cena came down a lot of us wrestling fans were like this could be a shoot drum up some ratings for total divas and total bellas and we know the relationship between john cena and nikki bella is going to play out on one of those shows but when you see and when you see national publication and international publications picking this story up then you got to say yeah it's a legitimate story and that's the problem with wrestling if wrestling was if you deem wrestling like a television show like the shows that you watch on thursday like scandal or gotham or Grey's anatomy you know the actor like for instance if you knew john cena as the character it was john cena on the television show known as monday night raw or, or smackdown live then it would be different because they use a lot of character names 
right? So if if that was the case, then you would know as a fan, oh, John Cena is broken up with his girlfriend because he's an actor. And a lot of times, and I heard um, WWE Hall of Famer um, Adam Copeland, known as Edge, say this, that he never believed that he was playing a character until he was actually done. He played the Edge character for 17 years in the WWE. And I think this is the way the world works in professional wrestling nowadays. That we, as fans, have to condition ourselves to actually look at wrestling as a television product. And look at Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and etc, etc, etc. They are building these characters for us to love and for us to hate. So when we boo John Cena and some cheer him, that they don't mind that because it's you're garnering emotion. Like for instance, when you watch the Batman movie and you cheer for Batman or you boo for or boo for the Joker, it's emotion. And that's what the this now realistic era that we're in in the world of professional wrestling especially in the WWE Universe, is going down. That shows us that we have to look at it as a fan of this particular genre of entertainment that these people on our screens on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night with NXT on the WWE Network, we have to start looking at it as fans that these are characters. Yes, you can love Roman Reigns. You can boo Roman Reigns. You can buy his t-shirt. You can buy the merchandise. You can do all those things. You can turn your back on the product. You can turn off the product. But when you start to realize that this, these are characters. Like Ronda, oh, Ronda Rousey, I don't like her. She's wearing Ronda Rousey Piper's colors and shirt. and ray, ray, ray. She's playing a character. The Ronda Rousey that you saw in the UFC... It's not the same Ronda Rousey that you're seeing in WWE. And then you, that's something that you as a fan have to differentiate going forward to actually understand that wrestling in the WWE is a television product. Everywhere else is producing wrestling. Why, oh, why can't they give my hometown Toronto Raptors excluding Charles Barkley any love first and foremost I have pretty much grown up over the last 20 years and seen the debacles of this franchise known as the Toronto Raptors but the last few seasons I will say from 20 the 2015 2016 into this season the Raptors have shown me something they have something called they called their particular thing, Coach Casey calls it the program. Masai Ujiri has drafted well, minus picking Bruno Cabocolo, which he got rid of this season. But this year, this team won 59 wins, most ever in the history of the franchise. We also saw them first time ever winning a game one in the playoffs since 2001 and the first time they've actually led two games to nothing in a series in their history but our brothers south of the border will never give this particular team made up of, of Americans and other other cultures like Lithuania and etc and 
the African nations known as the continent of Africa never will give this team love Charles Barkley does on TNT saying please stop hating on the Raptors but everybody else craps on this team sorry about that they crap on this team I'm I can be I can crap on this team because I remember when they chose Rafael Arujo over having Andre Iguodala I can crap on this team when they chose Joey Graham over getting Danny Granger I can crap on this team for picking Bruno Caboclo at 20, 20th overall pick. I can crap on this team known as the Toronto Raptors for trading away Vince Carter for a bag of bolts. But they have turned themselves around and have built themselves into a contender. And with Cleveland looking vulnerable, with the Celtics that I picked to go to the finals earlier on at the beginning of the season looking vulnerable by losing Kyrie and losing Gordon Hayward in game one of the season the Raptors have a chance to make it to the NBA finals they are the number one seed won 59 games and I don't think anybody else really scares me Cleveland does not scare me LeBron James may be arguably one of the best players to ever lace up a pair of shoes basketball shoes and do this we saw him in game two wake up but I've always said this about LeBron James Kobe Bryant had it Michael Jordan had it Larry Bird had it Magic Johnson had it Shaquille O'Neal had it I never saw Wilt play I never saw Oscar Robinson play. I never saw the logo known as Jerry West play. But the players that I've done seen play over the course of my lifetime, they have something called the killer instinct. LeBron James at 6'8", 200 and some odd pounds. That could arguably be going down as the greatest player to ever lace up his boots. And we can argue about this. Who is better, Michael at his age or LeBron? Different era, different body makeup. LeBron is a facilitator. Michael was a scorer. LeBron can take over a game. But the Raptors, please, U.S. media, this team is not a bag of bolts. Put, I really want people to start to give this team respect. I am not a Raptors fan. I live in Toronto. Doesn't mean I jump on the bandwagon. Before the Raptors were here, I was cheering for the Chicago Bulls, and I have not stopped cheering for the Chicago Bulls, and I won't. We have a nice little mix with Larry Marketing and, and Zach Levine and whoever else we decide to draft in this year's draft, but we're not talking about the Chicago Bulls. The Raptors need to get some R-E-S-P-E-C-T, people, and I don't know when it will happen. Maybe if they win a championship, they'll finally get that respect from the U.S. markets. There's some people, I'm not knocking the whole basketball plethora of media that goes on in, in north of the border, or not north of the border, south of the border, but when you hear, I'll pick Philly over the Raptors, because or you'll hear stuff like, the Raptors don't have stars. No, they don't have stars. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are, yes, they are stars. They are not superstars in the league, but they have built a program to emphasize a team. 
and this bench that they have should be up for the six man of the year award the whole bench i'm not talking just fred van van fleet i'm talking the whole bench pascal siakam and and jacob pertle and ob adenobi the team is built as a team so they can hurt you and that's the type of team that would scare me in a playoff series because you only have to win four that's it and that's that's the thing Cleveland yes LeBron can do what he can do LeBron is LeBron LeBron will do get his but does LeBron have the horses around him that have the playoff experience to get the job done no he doesn't and a lot of things are gonna fall on LeBron James going forward but the Raptors do American media give this team some some props they are actually a good team all 12 men down can contribute they they timely rebound they play great defense the, the backcourt facilitates well DeMar DeRozan has shown me he can actually hit a three-point shot he's up to his game Kyle Lowry has up this game so the sky's the limit for this Toronto Raptor team but please hold them a little R-E-S-P-E-C-T come on Mixed martial arts, the UFC, Bellator, Strike Force, etc., etc., have produced some of the greatest fighters to ever set, free, um, set foot <laughs> in a cage, octagon, or ring around this globe. So, the Great Foyarity Podcast has decided to come up with their top five fighters in the history of mixed martial arts. So here goes. Number five is John Jones. Why John Jones is on this list? Because this guy has all the tools to be the GOAT when it comes to the greatest fighters of all time in the world of mixed martial arts. This guy has never been defeated, personally speaking. His, his loss column has a one in it because he def kind of defeated himself by doing illegal strikes on Matt Hamill back many moons ago. With the illegal 12 and 6 elbows. Then we saw him win the light heavyweight title. Get pinched with drugs. Come back with that. Win again. Getting all the antics with getting in a car accident. Leaving the scene of with the pregnant woman. Going away from a while. Coming back. Fighting um, Daniel Cormier etc etc. Now he's gone again. Do I really want to see him back in the octagon? I don't know, per se. I think he still has the tools to be one of the best mixed martial artists on the world on the, on the planet. And at the time, he was the man. He was, and still probably can be. It's just the antics that drop him down to number five on this list. Number four goes to George Saint Pierre. George Saint Pierre. I watched this guy being here from Canada. I'm in Toronto. He's in Montreal, Quebec, or let me say, say it properly, Montreal. One of the best Canadian fighters to ever do it. This guy has was the welterweight champion for many years. That hiccup he had against Matt Serra, not taking Matt Serra seriously, he got beat, came back in his home province of Montreal. To avenge the, the 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 loss, and 
regained his light, not light, his welterweight belt. Let me get this stuff straight. I know my sports. Then he had a plethora of fights and then he relinquished the belt. Went away for a couple of years to get his mind right or whatever he was doing. He was just away from the sport. Came back last year, won the middleweight title, got sick and had to re relinquish that belt. Getting healthy. I really want to see this guy back in the octagon doing his thing because he's my age and he's one of the top MMA fighters or MMA artists of all time. You know, when you talk about boxing, you have fighters and boxers and MMA. I feel like this guy is the guy that knows how to play chess in the octagon. Number three, because to me, personally speaking, watching this guy and he's well unorthodox and he does things very differently. I have to put this guy on the list and that's Michael Venom Page in Bellator. And when I, I, every time when I see I'm on the Paramount Net, um, channel here in the U in the U S in the, the, I can't even speak in North America and his name shows up that he's going to be on a Bellator card. I have to mark down the date because I have to see what this guy does. He is very entertaining, very, very charismatic, sometimes can be very arrogant, but you have to tune in to see what he does. And even though his last fight was lackluster, the fight before that, that I believe he had with Cyborg, and he gave Cyborg that knee that put the dent in the man's skull. Man, oh man, that's vicious. And he's very devastating and very unorthodox in the way that he fights in the Bellator cage. Number two for me is Anderson Silva. That guy went on a run for 10 years undefeated. He was one or he was one of the top fighters in the world. He was one of the best fighters in his weight division or the guy in his division in the UFC. Hands down, pound for pound, one of the best. I'm not knocking what happened between the two fights he had with Weidman. Then he got pinched with drugs, etc., etc., etc. And I think a lot of guys in, in that era got pinched with drugs. They're getting smarter now. They understand what they're not supposed to take and what they're not supposed to put in their body and know that they're being tested on a regular basis. But this guy's run was pure brilliance to watch. That's why he's number two on the list. Let me recap. Five, John Jones. Four, GSP. Three, Michael Venom Page. Two, Anderson Silva. And number one, the top MMA fighter in the history of me watching mixed martial arts here on the Grateful Yardy podcast has to go to Fedor Emelianenko. Fedor for a good 10-year run was undefeated. The mystique, the allure that this guy had when he walked into the cage, everybody paid money. Everybody wanted to see that Brock Lesnar and Fedor fight in the UFC. Maybe it might happen. They're older. Who knows? We'll see what happens going down the line. But he hands down is the best mixed martial artist that I've ever seen anywhere cage ring etc 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 and like I said the mystique all that kind of stuff even with the losses people still classify Fedor as the man and the saying is to be the man you have to beat the man and people have beaten the man but when he was on he was the top guy in mixed martial arts let me, before I go, let me just say honorable mention to Demetrius Johnson, honorable mention to Conor McGregor, 
honorable mention to Ronda Rousey because she even in her run that she had through Strike Force coming coming to the UFC, she had a great run. She was one of the top MMA fighters in the world at that point. So people knocking her going to the UFC. Nobody not um, Matt Riddle for leaving the UFC and going and wrestling in amateur, not amateur, going and wrestling in the indie circuit in pro wrestling. Ronda Rousey, kudos to her. Like I said on the last episode of what she did at WrestleMania, but at a point in time in the world of mixed martial arts, she was one of the top fighters in the world, hands down. You also have to put a woman like Cyborg in there as well. Dominant, has not lost a fight in a decade. She's been dominant wherever she's fought. Kudos to her as well. I could have put her on the list. There's many people that could have been on this top five. You could have extended it to a top 10, top 20, top 100, whatever you wanted, whatever I wanted to do. But to me, these are the five guys. If I was starting a uh, MMA Hall of Fame, these are the five guys that I would have there. And the honorable mentions are to the others that I have also mentioned. All right. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Grateful Yardy Podcast. You can always hit me up on my socials, facebook.com slash the Grateful Yardy Podcast. Instagram, that is the Mr. Special Long Night. Twitter, Mr. Um, let me get this straight. Instagram is Mr. Underscore Special. Twitter is Mr. Special. You want to go old school, Grateful Yardy Podcast at gmail.com. God bless. Stay grateful. Peace.